0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing.
0: Whether it's canceled plans.
1: (coughs) Get in the kitchen and calm down.
0: Or the need for a quick, convenient distraction introducing goodfellas mini pizzas four mini
1: pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes goodfellas minis embrace the unexpected
0: oh welcome to the blood and blood (laughs) podcast everybody (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, who's, who's not feeling it? it? All? I, just, I just started this podcast off by kicking one of my cat's jingly toys, which is apparently at my feet. So, it sounds uh, a
0: little bit like a horror movie.
1: Uh, yeah, so. I thought it was going to get a bit festive, you know. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: But no. laughs> you keep tapping with your foot like a one-man band.
1: <laughs> uh, hi.
0: Hello, welcome to Blood and Mud, everybody. The podcast that has loved some ladies. and love Jim Beam and both of them tried to kill us in 1973. Um, I am Lee, and over there is.
1: Uh, Josh, still, just about. I think I am. Um, what day is it? I mean, it's amazing that we managed to coordinate that we're still doing this on a Monday night, given that time has absolutely no meaning anymore.
0: Well, we normally don't do it on a bank holiday Monday, do we? We normally push it, but as you say, it's nothing. That's what we going
1: to be doing tonight,
0: <laughs> How is your lockdown going?
1: What, you, I mean, what have I... you done
0: today on a bank holiday? What's a Bond film, something
1: like that? Uh, I. I mean, I watched a fantastic film, which we'll talk about later. But uh,
0: yes, we are talking about the Brighton Miracle today. Which,
1: uh, yeah, uh, um, lo- and lots of
0: questions. I think it it, it raises more I've questions than answers. Questions. That film.
1: I, I basically I started making notes about this film, and literally 13 minutes in, I had a thousand words of notes, <laughs> and I was like, I need to, I need to ease back on this.
0: <laughs> and uh, 900 of them were why.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, just what, just what's going on? <laughs> what's going on here?
0: Well today um, I I've i finally got round because it was on digital release today to watching the rise of Skywalker. It's all right then. Me and my son have watched it it's it's fine. Oh. Loads of it doesn't make any sense from a plot line point Absolute of view. Absolute
1: cobblers, yeah.
0: However, it's as a kind of space epic action movie with a few laughs.
1: Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's it's fine is my review. I think it has been my consistent review of it. It was fine. Me and my son not...
0: watched it, we went that was alright, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: no hurry to watch it again but no, probably would if it was on yes you know, that's, did, why, yes, that's we'll my kind it. of vibe with it
0: so that's what's yeah. become of star wars no rush to watch it again but probably will watch it if it's on
1: no i mean when what I... disney
0: wanted when they purchased it
1: yeah. <laughs> i mean on the flip side i was you know but in bed for a few days last week and i did end up blitzing through uh thanks to Disney+, Plus, I blitzed through like three and a half seasons of uh, the Clone Wars cartoon because that was all my brain could really think. It's very good. It adds more depth and nuance to the Star Wars universe than any of the films have. So, you know, there we are.
0: Have you watched The Mandalorian?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched that. I watched that illegally ages ago. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> As
0: in, you streamed it or are you watched it with like binoculars in your neighbour's window? It's uh, yeah. a different level of illegal, isn't it? You don't want to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, full on. <laughs> Right then um, hello yeah, everybody. If you want um, to get in touch with hi. tell us what you've been watching, then you can get in touch with yeah, me at Blue. Because I bet you have been. Yeah, because what else are you gonna do? I mean <laughs> seriously though, I mean, what would we do without all this fucking box set shit and stuff?
1: Well, it's like I've seen that sort of meme going around of people going, you know, that one person that's always been very smug about oh, I don't actually own a television. Looks like yeah. a right cunt now, don't they?
0: Well, we're all having to work from home, aren't we? Yes, but and and, and and basically, somebody so we're giving everybody kit to go and work from home, and somebody who works for us said, "I don't have internet in the house," and everyone kind of went, "What do you do so- there?" So- Sorry, what? <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> well, we just got a dongle; it wasn't a problem, but it was just a genuine sort of surprise that somebody didn't have internet in their house.
1: Yeah, well, we 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 had a similar thing where it's like, you know, our it requires a relatively decent connection to do what we do remotely shifting big images and things like that. Ah, yes. Um, And one of um, the people who works for me sort of like was like, it's just not working for me. It's not working. And it turns out he had a a broadband that gave him something like three megabytes a second. Was that a choice or because of where he lived? Uh, No, it was a choice. He lives in London.
0: (laughs) So he's chosen. He's, he's uh, gone for the cheap. He's yeah, literally bro, found man.
1: the cheap, and he's like, "It's fine for me. I can watch Netflix and stuff." It's like, can you? Can you
0: watch Netflix on at ten eighty? <laughs> you can't. Not at ten eighty. What,
1: yeah. <laughs> what screen are you, what, are you watching it on your phone?
0: Yeah, indeed.
1: That's the only. Yeah, I I staggered by that. And I've got, got a five hundred
0: gigabyte phone. limit a month. What are they? because <laughs> they still exist like, don't they those packages because they they
1: they've had to take the caps off them for, you know, yeah. to not seem like absolute cunts <laughs> yes
0: anyway so if you have got internet and you want to yes. get in touch with us that you get in touch with me how do people get in touch with you Josh
1: uh, Josh Gardner done
0: we're on Acas, we're on all that kind of stuff and you know Apple and shit and we're also on patreon.com the VIP lounge is still open we've had to introduce some distancing measures though um yeah everyone has to clear a space for me around me on the dance floor and everyone has to stay at least five meters away from josh
1: yeah which basically i'm not I'm gonna like step on your punchline there yeah I, so no but, difference yeah.
0: as usual then so yeah, Exactly. Yeah, for yeah. You. you should have had that yeah. one that was yeah, there for you I'm throwing that your way yeah. anyway <laughs> well anyway in the vip line this week i'd like to thank greg cameron who has joined us thank you very Hi, much greg. greg who's come in and take a seat get yourself a drink and enjoy me dancing and josh not speaking um
1: which, if anybody who went to Judgment Day last year knows that's, I mean, exactly on brand.
0: Exactly. We are in lockdown end times, Josh, because I was looking through, we're going to get onto news later, but I was looking for some news. And on the BBC website, uh, they've got, Ben Earl has a column. He of Saracen's and England fame. But obviously, the net, when they got the deal with Ben Earl for this column, I don't think they were ent- entirely anticipating that this would be what they'd have to fill. So, what we've got this week from Ben Earl is uh, Ben Earl's Saracen in England Forwards must read books. If you're on lockdown, in isolation with Ben Earl, he says. Oh, I'm
1: intrigued. Please tell me so what. So, here on. are the books that
0: he says that you should read while yep. you're in lockdown, everybody The Blind Man of Seville by Robert Wilson. And he opens with Full disclosure, I'm a big murder mystery man, says Ben. Fair enough. And there's a whole book of those I could recommend. So, a part of The Blind Man of Seville, that's one. Right. Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. I don't believe for a fucking second he's reading Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen.
1: <laughs> Maybe, he is. mate, you know what Saracens are like with their Renaissance men and fucking Maruatojay writing poetry? Maybe Ben Earl's really into sort of like first, first, first wave of feminism literature, you know?
0: If you want to go for a classic, he says, Ben says, I recently enjoyed... Yeah, after,
1: after recommending Pride and Prejudice? Yeah. Come on.
0: If you want to go for a That's classic, cool. I recently enjoyed Jonah Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. I've never picked it up before, I enjoyed loving it. I wouldn't exactly call it a thriller, he says, but I found uh, reading from correct. the perspective of a woman interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: What a weird sentence!
0: A weird <laughs> a bit, sentence. I, I mean, I paraphrase that, but that's what he said. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's still a weird sentence. It's different yeah. to what
0: I, when I was reading, when I was studying it. it says <laughs> I did Jane Austen. I did A level English with Josh, and I studied Persuasion by Jane Austen. And I can't—I don't know if I told you this before, but I managed to write two essays about Persuasion despite never reading all of Persuasion.
1: Uh, I did exactly the same. I think it was probably for GCSE, or maybe it was for A level with uh, Remains of the Day. In that I wrote, I did an exam and wrote two essays on Remains of the Day, despite never having actually cracked that book in my life.
0: I didn't like reading much, it was a really bad idea to do English (laughs) literature. So I treated every book I was given like a textbook. So I just yeah. try and flip to like passages that look like they were relevant to the point I was trying to make. I had no idea what point I was trying to make, obviously, and I was completely out of my element. And funny enough, I got an E in A level English literature, which is <laughs> it's probably. And actually, here's a funny thing. Well, it's not funny, but it, it is when you look back on it. I got an E in an essay, and he said you can rewrite this and resubmit it because it's part of your thing. I said okay. So in rewriting it, I just copied it out again and handed it back in and got an E. This is the level of lazy I was as a 17 or 18-year-old I respect
1: that. I respect that. I mean, I, I was similarly lazy, to be honest, so I can't really... I
0: think in these days of data tracking, I would never, ever have been allowed to get away with it. But back then, it's a, it was
1: a different world. Oh, my world. God. I mean, yeah. I, 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 my short-course GCSE Welsh uh, speaking and listening exam, where me and my friend Ian had to basically have a conversation in Welsh while we were taped yes um and we made it a minute and a half in we both forgot everything even though he um we both forgot everything that we were supposed to say and then i said fuck um did you spell it so...
0: fwc though
1: <laughs> no i didn't um and then uh my teacher just goes uh do you want to do you want to start again and get your notes out boys <laughs> and so me and i literally just read yeah. Because you lads are a banker
0: offensive. for a B stroke A. There's no fucking way I'm letting that out of <laughs> the
1: room. Got a, fucking a, got a fucking A, didn't I? Absolutely. <laughs> and I felt bad about it ever since. But, you know, it was short course. Nobody cares about short course Welsh. Basically just there to make up the numbers.
0: The thing with Welsh is I found it when I was... Because I, I, I had the interest of moving to Wales as a teenager with this oh. accent. So I had to actually try and learn Welsh then. Yeah, good luck or, with that. With with this, you know, Dione, et cetera. And... Um, <laughs> And I found that I, I found myself just going in oral tests all the time, just responding to everything with which, if you don't know me, is interesting in Welsh. Yeah, Anyway,
1: that's my like thing in meetings these days. You know, just like in any sort of formal setting, just interesting.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, anyway, back to Ben Earl and his books. Um, his yes. next one is his next one is Omeros by Derek Walcott. He says, "I also enjoy poetry, and a secret hobby of mine is Caribbean poetry."
1: He's been spending too much time with Maroetos, hasn't he? I tell you what, but that, that is niche that Caribbean is niche. poetry. I mean, I'm fascinated now. Ben Earl genuinely seems like a. A Renaissance man, but you can, in, can you see the, where the this is. Yeah, sense.
0: but then with his next book, he pulls it right back to where it's supposed to be. Payback by Andy McNab. Boom! Hey, there it is. <laughs> there we go. And then finally, Black Box Thinking by Matthew Saeed, because you've got to have some kind of like sports psychology shit, haven't you? Okay. Even though Matthew Saeed fucking makes it up as he's going along, and has oh,
1: somehow no. managed to get a career out of it. Yeah. Plays table tennis. Let's be honest.
0: Does a podcast with a... You don't need to do anything. You don't need to know a thing to do a podcast, do you, Josh, as we've discovered. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, so lockdown end times. Ben Hill's recommendations for books. There you go, everybody.
1: Yeah, fascinating.
0: We start as we always start with a player spotted. Steph, long-time friend and supporter, Steph Lockhart Franklin gets in touch via the Patreon messaging service. Mm. She says, hi, Lee. I think she means you as well. Um... These dark lockdown times do strange things to a person's mind, she says. And out of nowhere... I mean, you start liking Caribbean poetry for a fucking start. Mm. He says, I was suddenly reminded of a player spotted a couple of years ago. Picture the scene, she says. A packed Southwest train commuter carriage, pre-7am, sometime in the middle of 2017. The travel gods had smiled at me that day, for I'd somehow managed to bag myself a seat. As I glanced around the carriage, I noticed one of my fellow passengers looked familiar, but I couldn't quite place him. He was wearing what looked like a Harlequin's tracksuit top, but the train goes to the heart of Surrey's commuter belt, so that's hardly out of the ordinary, really. He caught my eye with the look of a person who's used to being stared at by people who are trying to place from where they know him. He alighted the train at Clapham Junction and disappeared off into the crowd, just as I realised that the man I had seen was none other than, none other than then Harlequin's now zebra winger, Charlie Walker in a full Quinn's tracksuit, struggling to get his massive kit back down the aisle and through the doors. No idea where he was off to, but wherever it was, he didn't look particularly excited about it. She finishes with, I hope that's mundane enough for you. If not, I could always regale you with stories of the time I went on a coach journey with John Inverdale. I'll be honest, I, mean, I want to hear... The mean, co-
1: yeah, yeah. Big Did star. he get
0: drunk and really
1: Larry? I've, I've, heard, I've heard too many people say that... Like John Inverdale's actually really sound and lovely.
0: <laughs> he probably <laughs> and does is. loads of stuff for charity. <laughs> Most people are, aren't they? That's yeah, nice it's be very honest. true. <laughs> um, being not being, being well, a seat on a train reminds me of the of the time I was going to London, and it was a four carriage train from Hollyhead to London. I got on at Flint, and it was two carriages because trains. So it was going to be absolutely rammed at Chester. They said, so they said, everyone's reserved seats are cancelled.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Um, but I said, it was not a problem because I'm already in one because I've gone on at Flint, you know. So then we get to Chester and I'm sat there. This woman comes on. There's a seat next to me, funnily enough. This woman comes on to me. And she goes, um, I'm disabled and I need a seat. I went, okay, I said, yeah, there's a seat there. Sit yourself down. And then she got a disabled badge pass out to me, held it like about a foot from my face and went, but I need a seat for me carer as well. At which point I looked. And you know you know Do, do you know when the in that that there's always that flash point when the worst of your humanity comes about to erupt out of you out of your mouth and you have to stop because all I wanted to do is go all I wanted to do in the first instance, because my chimp had come out, you know, was go, Well, you don't look very fucking disabled and he's not disabled, so why can't he fucking sit over there and you can call him over for something? But I didn't say that. I yeah. went Okay, that's no problem. And up I got, and I sat by the toilet all the way to London. And afterwards, of course, I thought, well, I've got no idea where disabled is. Of course she's disabled. Of course she should sit next to a carer. That's absolutely the right thing to do. But it makes you realise, and it makes you wonder in these lockdown times, which is why it's a, it's a, it's a tightrope we're walking, isn't who's it? The, because you're not far away from being a total out. arsehole. Yeah, yeah. You've really got to press it down sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think the longer this goes on as well, like I, I, I went for my state-mandated walk, uh, around our area today and <laughs> uh, this afternoon and you know it's a nice day nice with sunny a walk
0: day out.
1: Uh, no, they weren't however I was walking down a sort of quite broad like wide cycle path near us right mm-hmm. and me and my wife sort of walking you know perfectly straight line about 100 200 yards away and we see two like families that are obviously out yeah. with their kids riding their bikes And they've stopped and they're practicing social distancing. One's on one side of the path, one's on the other side. They're probably about eight feet away from each other, but they're having a chat. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah, fair enough, whatever. And then, but then I'm thinking like, well, when we get there, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, do I just stand and wait for these people to finish having a conversation? Do I walk through the middle, thereby not social distancing myself from either of them? And so as I was just getting closer and closer, it wasn't hard to see me. It's a straight line. You, great visibility. And they just sort of you still are sitting there. You're six foot there. one inches tall. You, you know, you, yeah, I'm not I'm not a small man. And the closer I'm getting, I'm just thinking, they still haven't fucking moved. They've seen me. They must have fucking seen me. They still haven't fucking moved. <laughs> and like, by the time I'm about 20 feet away, I am absolutely internally fucking ready to scream at them, get out of the fucking way, you twats. And then literally at the last second, the, the dad's like, oh, sorry. And then they both got everybody goes off separate ways and everything's fine. But like you say, it's that little it's fucking thing. It's little moment, tray. isn't it? It's that yeah, little like,
0: moment. It is it your chimp me. when your chimp comes out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Have you read that book? Speaking of the chimp, chimp paradox.
1: Chimpy as, chimp as fuck. Yeah. I was today. When you find yourself
0: the, the thing I learned from that book is if you find yourself saying if you if you ask yourself the question, do I want to be behaving like this? And if the answer is no, it's your chimp has taken over and you need to get him under control, basically. <laughs> Anyway, so thank you very much for that, Steph, and thank you for your support. Thank you for everybody's support on Patreon, Indeed, definitely. by the way. You did get a history episode last week. Tony rocked up and did, us did a history episode on Australia, which was very informative and good fun as well, as it always is with him. Shall Indeed, we go on with some news? There's been quite a lot of it's news quite this a bit week, news, actually. Because what the fucking else are they going to do? They might as well start signing contracts and trying to figure <laughs> shit out, because what else are you going to do?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, probably headline thing is uh, Gus Pichot sensing a classic catastratunity. Um, yep. Has Never waste a, late, a good crisis. Yep. Yeah, uh, has made a late bid to be world rugby chairman. Obviously, currently vice chairman wasn't going to um, run again. Um, but, yeah, now he's just gone, fuck you, establishment. I'm going to run anyway with a, a progressive thing of – he's not going to get elected, let's be honest.
0: But Bill's got far too many years in, and far too many people that love him, hasn't he? To to be yeah. ousted, I think.
1: The thing is, though, like the reality is that rugby may very well be like properly back to the Stone Age levels of fucked after this. <laughs> Less like we've lost USA be rugby. Lucky to already. get
0: fifty quid in your boots at the end of all. Yes, yeah.
1: we've already lost USA rugby. Effectively, the A R U is basically bankrupt, um, and is. The Even the fucking RFU is making worrying noises about... You French know, how rugby money basically gonna... said
0: that they will be broke probably at half yeah. 12 on Thursday this week by
1: their efforts. And, and that's before you even talk about the domestic game, where there's a real chance that non-international rugby in Wales will not exist uh, anymore after this, because... <laughs> How the fuck are they going to – the main fucking thing that's bringing money into Welsh rugby at the moment is the fucking Scarlets and the Ospreys renting out their bloody facilities to the NHS to use as fucking field hospitals. That's the only money we've got coming in. But, like, yeah, I mean, even even French clubs are saying, you know what, the model that we've currently got is not really sustainable and we probably need to move to something that's a bit more rational. I mean, we are beyond the fucking market here, folks when the French are talking about financial sensibility and doing things in a sustainable way.
0: Hey, but seriously, though, imagine if they do restart the season in some way in a month or two's time, when will the French season actually end?
1: Never. It will basically (laughs) be a Mobius (laughs) sort of strip of of like, Yeah, it will be the... Those stairs that are
0: always going up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Forever, Um, yeah. But yeah, if rugby is going to survive in a post-COVID world, but do we honestly think Bill Beaumont's the sort of maverick who has the big ideas needed to shake things up? Like,
0: I am. Um, it's a weird thing. Ah. Bill Beaumont's a weird thing for me because I only knew him as a kid from being a captain on Question of Sport because I grew up in a rugby Ooh. league culture, so I didn't really know who he was. Yeah, and then of course I had an inherent when I found out who he was, I had inherent distrust for him as a person because he's from Lancashire and doesn't play rugby league. He chose to play the other rugby. So I, I don't feel like that now, but obviously, it's that, again, from a chin point of view, it's deep inside me that I do think, well, hang on a minute, pal. What are you doing playing rugby union anyway? When this, when this is
1: where you yeah. to like... Did you get that? Where from, did you get that idea, right? from
0: North Lancashire, where things are a little bit different. But people like David Strettley was from Warrington and played rugby union. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? How did you even get out of your high school that getting your head kicked in for that kind of behaviour? But... um <laughs> Yeah, so, but he, and it's really funny because he comes across this affable northern guy, which he probably is. And I suppose that everyone assumes, and everyone assumes northern people, I don't know, I think people tend to assume somehow northern people are trustworthy or something. Well, actually, he obviously clearly isn't, is he? Because he's anybody, and I don't think I'm casting nobody at this. Nobody at this nobody at that level, level of, like of politics sport. can yeah, be trusted and the that the
1: administration much them, so. is squeaky fucking clean. Exactly. So. And yeah, like, I don't agree with Pichot on a lot of things. And I I think ultimately he's no less self serving than any of the establishment figures that he set himself up against. Because the only difference is that he wants to change the game to make Argentina
0: better. And he wants a proper rugby game on the PS4.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, fucking. But that sort of shit is sensible. Because Bill Beaumont doesn't understand that rugby not having a good rugby game is a problem. But all teenagers and all kids understand that and the scores of people who got into rugby without even watching a game through journal only rugby on the playstation or fucking rugby 08 on the playstation 3 or whatever the fuck it was at that point you know it's a huge problem and he actually sees it and goes no we should probably put some money into this so that next time there's a massive lockdown rugby pass isn't getting our players to play fucking FIFA because none of our players are interested in playing the rugby whatever. game that Shite came out like, that, two weeks ago yeah, yeah. Not all not all of his ideas are shit. Some of yeah. them are. The World League thing was a shit idea and it was rightly mocked. He wants However, a world
0: club competition now, doesn't he? That's his latest. Yeah.
1: And like but somebody trying to chant you know, prepared to try bold, odd, different things like South Africa are doing. Madge, you know, are already saying like when rugby restarts in a couple of months' time, they're just going to play all the pro fourteen the South African Pro 14 teams and the South African Super Rugby teams are basically going to have a mini league and just play it for shits and giggles. Yeah. That's exactly what, you know, that's the sort of thinking that is going to get people out of this. It's just like, right, what can we do that's different and weird and might actually get some people watching get it? Get
0: some people through the turnstiles, Yeah.
1: Yeah so yeah it's interesting he won't win though
0: He'll, yeah. no he won't and uh, the whole money thing as well talking about people being the shit Scottish Rugby have said that everybody on over 50 grand has to take a pay cut uh, Mark Dodson the chief exec has, is, has taken a pay cut of 30% so basically he, Mark Dodson's on the money he was on three months ago again before he wants to give himself yeah. a gigantic was, fucking pay, Can somebody so. think
1: of the Mark Dodsons in all this <laughs> and how they're going to get through this difficult time with only several million pounds a year, or whatever the fuck it is.
0: He's literally back on the money that he upped himself from just before Christmas, wasn't it, or January, whatever yeah. it was.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the, the guy doesn't seem to have a lot of shame, does he? Especially in a, a time when a lot of CEOs of big companies that can afford to get by are going, you know what? I won't take a salary
0: yes <laughs>
1: I'm alright mate I can probably get by on my savings he's going to go no I'll take i I'll take a small pay cut nah uh, yeah everyone in Wales is obviously taking uh, a 25% pay cut um, yeah everyone's fucked mate haven't a, have the Irish players started uh, been asked to take pay cuts yet yeah, I've missed that if I've I not seen that um, I don't know
0: Well, moving on the news, let's talk about some player-related news. Uh, Johnny May is returning to Gloucester.
1: How do Tigers fans feel about all this? Because it seems to me that they spunked a load of money to get him in the first place.
0: And gave gave up Ed Slater Slater
1: in return. Um, Over the course, they've had him for, inverted commas, his prime, during which time he's undoubtedly become the best English winger around and one of the best in the world. And yet they got 43 appearances out of him in three years, and about and
0: what, 30 tries at the same time? <laughs> yeah, and the he has been
1: though. very good. He's been very good when he's played for Gloucester, but he hasn't uh, for Leicester. But he hasn't played for them nearly enough. And he has, like, the fact that he's been there and playing well and scoring ties has done very little to stop them becoming shit. I mean, on the flip,
0: the worst cut team in the country, arguably.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then on the flip side, you've got Gloucester going. Well, you know we we got a bit of cash, and Ed Slayer out of that last time, and now we'll have him back. Uh, he's still very good, and we've also got Ollie Thorley, Ollie Thorley, and Louis uh, rees to sort of be with it on the other wing. That's, and whenever it's easy for you to say that, Josh, but <laughs> fucking, hell, oh, I was what? all over the place there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! But <laughs> uh, the I
0: for one want to see Johnny May's Gloucester return coincide with the return of Gloucester Johnny May. I want to see sideways no. running. I want to see ignoring instructions and his team getting leak getting pissed off with him. I want to see impossibly long neoprene shorts being worn.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I want to see all of that happening.
1: Yeah, I feel like all of this stuff is I mean it'd be funny for me <laughs> as a England, as a non-liker of England it'd be very funny to see one of England's best players just revert to being a headless chicken. But, you know, it's not going to happen is it they're just going to get a more seasoned better Johnny May than the one they lost three years ago indeed for probably it would still probably be good for another two or three years for a lot less money than he was on at Leicester presumably
0: uh, Lord Hadley of Parks is off to Japan apparently
1: apparently so um, as is um, uh, what's his face Gloucester uh, 12 ugh my, my brain is gone Owen Williams Yes, there it is, um, who is strongly linked with the Ospreys, um, but has decided to take the uh, the French moolah. It leaves Wales looking dramatically short of fucking 12 options, yes. um, which has been a problem for about 10 years. Let's not beat around the bush. Like When Jonathan Davis and Jamie Roberts, as was, weren't fit, Wales were fucking in trouble, and now... You know, Hadley Park's off to Japan. Owen Williams joining him in Japan. That leaves you with Owen Watkin at 12 and hopefully John Davis at 13. And there's not a lot else. Where's
0: Tyler Morgan? Uh, Still got a dragon, isn't he? Yeah, but never I mean, he's not brilliant, back. is he?
1: But he's not no, terrible. He's like, never, well, he shouldn't be terrible. He's had, he's had a lot of injuries and he's never really lived up to his potential. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not good, is it? And whether they're gonna, you know, continue with trying out George North at thirteen out of pure desperation, God knows. But uh, yeah, all of a sudden, the both centre berths seem to be the most the most worrying positions for Wales mm. looking towards the next World Cup.
0: Speaking of centres, uh, Will Hurrell has had to retire. Yes. Yeah, because it seems that the head injury he oh, had that? in January. Look, caused a stroke
1: yeah it was horrible like I remember the, it seeming se- like in the aftermath of the injury it seemed like it was quite serious but uh, yeah it's it, uh, very serious in, in quite a you know to be honest with you it's lucky that he's alright
0: mm. yeah he's, he's been very sanguine and philosoph- philosophical about it saying you know I've had to take advice I've had a good career I think he's had a bit of a break in his career in the middle he went back to uni after being let go by Leicester, and so I think I mean, he's had, he did, he's had a he, fairly yeah. full, you know, a, a wider experience of a rugby career than just somebody who's been a rugby pro. So, um, so he hopefully he's 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 ready to go and deal with the rest of his life cause yeah,
1: and he's thirty as well. You know, it's it's yeah yeah it's yeah still yeah. early, but it's not like he's he's in his, He's had a decent length of career, but uh, yeah, still very sad, obviously, and a reminder that this game is pretty fucking scary sometimes.
0: However, who is not retiring is Nigel Owens.
1: God, no! He wants that one hundred up, doesn't he? Desperately. He's not he's putting.
0: Well, he's good enough though. He's not putting a. He's not putting a <laughs> figure on it. He <laughs> stared into the abyss of not being in the public eye fully for about ten minutes, and it wasn't for hated him. It. I think that absolutely was a, hated it. I probably enjoys refereeing as well. That'd be funny, but I, th- I think you, yeah. I, I suppose there's an element of. Um, you think? Sorry, I'll retire, and all these offers will come in. And then you're returning, mm. you go, hmm, there's not as many offers as I thought. I think maybe I need to uh, keep going.
1: Yeah, you're not being asked to be the new presenter of Question of Sports or whatever. Yeah. I...
0: Are you only getting all the offers because you are a ref? That's the other thing. It's, yeah. It's Emirates Airline gigs, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I do. it's interesting. I'm really interested to see what post-career knowledge actually does in terms of like, because obviously he's going to want media work.
0: He'll just be on but, Noss on Lowen, won't
1: he? Every week. That's the thing. Will it be that level? Because obviously he wants to be a bit more widely known. That's why he did like Desert Island Discs and stuff like that. You know.
0: You see, if Gladiators were still going, he'd be fucking perfect. Oh, as a Imagine him telling Wolf off and stuff. for that.
1: Telling Wolf it's off bring, and all that. It's worth bringing it back just to let him do it. <laughs> yes. Fuck it. Fuck it. Just use it as a nice Lowen's vehicle.
0: Right then, um, any more news from you?
1: anyway. No, I think that's uh, that's more than enough news for a week where yet no other rugby has happened. Um. Some days the couch just calls to us. Take a seat, grab the remote. My cushions are extra cosy today.
0: And while we all want to get off the couch to set a healthier routine, not knowing how to start can feel overwhelming. Healthy Ireland is a trusted source for easy-to-follow tips and advice. Like getting a friend involved with your healthy habits so they'll be able to motivate you on those tougher days. Search Healthy Ireland and get set for life this winter. From Healthy Ireland, a Government of Ireland
1: initiative supporting health and well-being for everyone and helping us off our couches. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing.
0: Whether it's cancelled plans...
1: <coughs> to get in the kitchen and calm down.
0: Or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with
1: respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected.
0: So, Alex Jenkins, who's a lovely patron of ours, suggested that we cover the beauty that is the Brighton Miracle. In his his message he said, some of the acting isn't very good. That That was the only thing he gave us.
1: So, um yes, yeah, so um the Brighton Miracle is of course the I was going to say the dramatization of or the feature film. I am not sure you can call it a feature film. Well, I film. thought
0: it was a feature film. <laughs> Me too. And within 5 it? minutes of watching it I was like, I don't know what the
1: fucking is hell I'm is going
0: on here at that. all.
1: But yeah. Yes, it is a film about South Africa versus Japan in the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Uh obviously the greatest you know, one of the greatest games of rugby ever, one of the greatest upsets ever. Um, goes without saying, I think, watching the actual game itself would be dramatically more entertaining than watching this film. Well, again. the funny
0: thing was, when I said that we'd watched it, a lot of people started then talking about a game. I said, no, 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 I don't mean the game.
1: No, no, I mean no, the film. No.
0: To be absolutely clear, we mean <laughs> the ridiculous film. Before we get yeah. to the film, actually, because you have mentioned the game there, everybody always seems to remember where they were when they watched this game or, or, or where they were when they were not watching it because they maybe thought it was going to be a pasting or whatever. So where were you? Did you watch um, it?
1: I came into it um, maybe halfway through the first half and obviously Japan was sort of well in it and, they were, and South Africa were just in the lead at half-time and I was sort of sitting there thinking, oh, you know, they're giving yeah, a good account of themselves. Play, yeah. I vividly remember when South Africa scored those tries in the second half, just going, and I might have even tweeted something, just going, "Ah, oh, here we go." They, they fought, you know. Fair play to them, but this is that's it now. They're done and dusted. And then just, just what a fucking incredible last. Because the the film the film that we are about to talk about doesn't do a very good job of conveying how <laughs> fucking dramatic that game was. It genuinely doesn't. No, it like, doesn't. It
0: doesn't do a very good job of of helping us understand how they won either. But we'll come on to that later on. Yeah. But the the um, where I I was, I had people around at my house who are who take at best a passing Six Nations based interest in rugby sports fans, if you like, but not really that arsed. And in true again, a demonstration. No matter what the sport is, it's all about the drama. They were all. Crowded around the television and went absolutely batshit when that final try try was scored.
1: Yeah, I think I, to be honest, with you know, as much as it was the Rugby World Cup and I was obviously interested, like I was just sitting in my house watching it, doing other things, had it on in the background, and then just like as the game went on, just I had less things on. It was it just absolutely sucked me into the point that when Japan went over for that winning try, I absolutely yes. lost my fucking mind brilliant.
0: The um we started the podcast during the World Cup in twenty fifteen, but I think it was after this game. I think we started in the quarterfinal stage or something randomly.
1: It was yeah, it was it was around the two thousand fifteen World Cup. We definitely did start during the twenty
0: fifteen World Cup. We definitely did. But I think I think I'm pretty sure it was just it was I think it was the last anyway, we didn't cover that game. So but anyway, no, so that's how we are uh, so so, yeah, so, brilliant game. So they decided, and it was a big deal, quite clearly. A huge deal. So huge they decided deal. to make a film out of it, which is in theory, I suppose, about, well, on the face of it, it's about Eddie Jones' transformation of Japanese
1: rugby. It is. I mean, first, before we start, can I thank the makers of this film for only making it 82 minutes long, including the credits? <laughs> because it's honestly short. if it had been one minute longer I think I would have walked into the kitchen turned on the gas and just taken my chances <laughs> with however long it. I mean like,
0: let's uh, not beat about a bush it is a terrible terrible honestly, film honestly
1: fucking terrible film if you can call it a film um what do we think of the casting of Tamura Morrison he of Shortland Street slash Django Fett fame um as as eddie jones because like if you stick him in if you shave his head in the correct eddie jones yeah we'll hairline, hair which, island on the front by the hair. way there's <laughs> yeah hair but tamira morrison doesn't have a hair island and so you can quite clearly tell through most of this film that it's just been shaved that the hair island has been artificially constructed <laughs> and there's loads of stubble on his head um I just, I I mean, it's not not unlike each other. However, it's a bit weird they've decided they went casting-wise. They just went right. We've got this Japanese-Australian guy. What do we do? I should get a married descended New Zealander to do it. Yeah. And it's the um, fact
0: that he was wall to wall. Eddie Jones. I don't get the impression, whatever I may think of Eddie Jones, that Eddie Jones is wall to wall misery. And what comes out of this yeah, film is uh, that no, he is wall to wall misery and seriousness, all the time.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of. I can't. I kind of really wanted this film to give me an insight into Eddie Jones's character, and into Eddie Jones's like inside life. And it tries to do that, but well, it in a did way that, that, that is
0: caused childhood uh, racism.
1: Yeah, it's 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 so incredibly one note that like, like I can't blame. I think. Tamara Morrison, we can say his performance is frankly better than this film deserves. Well, he's it's still about gen- as
0: natural as Simon Cowell's teeth.
1: Well, he's, he's he's doing the best he can with some truly terrible material, is what well. I, he I, mean, I mean. Imagine having to go and do a press
0: junket stuff on this. He must have been thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, I've done my yeah. best with this. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I mean, like, I joked about Django Fett and Shorten Street, but, like, anybody who's seen. Um, once for Warriors. Yes, I mean it's horrible in
0: that awful, awful character. Yes,
1: yeah, but it's a fucking unbelievable film. performance. Yeah. yeah, and an unbelievable. But the the fact that he doesn't even bother to do the accent is weird. Like Eddie Jones has got quite a distinctive voice.
0: Yeah, most people oh, can have a go at it. Do you like most people yeah. have got a singing impression of Michael McDonald in, in the locker they can have a go at? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, most people can do a bit of a Joe's, can't they? Just go doing on. Eddie Jones, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Follow, follow 32 fucking taste yeah, matches, go. Mike. You know, you can get. And you don't need yeah, to be like a comedy piss take parodied here. No. But it does. Well, it, is, it is, it time, is distinctly nasal, his voice. Doesn't isn't he doesn't
1: even bother doing an Australian accent. He spends <laughs> most of the film doing more of a Warren Gatland impression than he does an Eddie <laughs> Jones one. It's weird. But yeah, I mean, I feel like we need to talk about what the (laughs) fuck this film actually is. Because the opening, like, I watched this film, and I, like you, I assumed it was, I I seen Tamura Morrison's playing Eddie Jones. This must be then a dramatic film. Yes. But then the film opens, and we've got archive footage of the game. Mixed with interviews with like fucking Joel Stransky <laughs> and an Eddie Jones and a co- an Australian and
0: commentator
1: and an Australian commentator and Michael Leach and I'm like hang on is this, is this a, what is this like if they did that at the end like put all of that in the end of the film as a sort of like and here's the real because they make a point of like the real Michael like Leitch, at the end of every episode real. of Band of
0: Brothers where they actually have the real exactly. guys going they yeah that. you know and yes. that was incredible
1: when we did that sort of thing yeah. But instead, it's just unbelievably jarring from the off because then we go from that into Tamara Morrison as Eddie Jones, and there's no like. And then I'm like, I was like, but then I was like, okay, so they did the documentary stuff at the start, and now it's going to be a film. But no, 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 (laughs) it keeps jumping backwards and forwards. It just keeps back like it's all over the place. Like it's so jarring and such a weird, weird way of making a film. And the thing, about the, the thing about the
0: Tamira Morrison performance is of all the things you can accuse Eddie Jones of, he is not without charm.
1: Oh, yeah, he's absolutely He's a charming. very
0: charming bloke when he wants to be. And yeah. Tamira Morrison's performance is he displays a guy who is entirely without charm.
1: Yeah, he's basically a prick for the whole <laughs> film in Tamira Morrison's reading of it. And, and never has any hint of like being funny whereas every time it cuts to Eddie Jones and he's got that because like, you know we all know what Eddie Jones is like because we've watched a lot of Eddie Jones' press conferences that little Eddie Jones like cheeky schoolboy smirk Samara you know, yeah. yeah. Morrison ha- attempts neither the smirk oh, nor Samara Morrison twinkle. has
0: got dead black shark eyes all the way through. the whole <laughs> yes. thing
1: yes um Yeah, I really enjoyed that, like, the first reference that we hear about Eddie Jones in this film from somebody that isn't Eddie Jones is just the line, I heard he can be difficult, which is, I mean, the the truest line of any film ever.
0: Well, the narrative is established early, where they're talking and and this narrative is all the way through, where they never, ever stop talking and referring back to them losing 145-17 in that World Cup, which I'm sure was a thing you know, that they did think about, but that's obviously the narrative they had to paint, didn't they? Having said that, I've not lived in Japan. They've so. had a lot of fucking pasting since. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it it's And there's and there's, there's there's teams that have done worse in World Cups, haven't they? Yeah. Or am I yeah, getting mixed I mean, up? even Namibia
1: have done worse.
0: You would have thought so, yeah. yeah. I suppose they've played in more,
1: haven't they, Japan? But um yeah, 'cause they've always been there and they but still it's
0: But this I mean, but the whole style of it. Is a kind of combination of a, these like jumps in between sort of daytime soap level script and acting and clanging talking heads that keep coming in of real people.
1: Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I'm quite like, I find the best part of this film is the talking heads, is real Eddie James. It would have been a very Michael good
0: documentary if, documentary if it been made as a sh- documentary, which yeah. makes me think the guy who's made this, Max Mannix, who's an Australian guy, had been based in Japan for 15 years and it seems from his his kind of Is filmography? He's made a number of Japanese TV shows. Is this what plays well in Japan? In Japan, this style. I don't know. To
1: a to a fucking Western audience, it's weird. Um, Also, clearly, every fucking bit of this film's production budget was spent on Tamura Morrison. Because everyone else in this film is fucking awful. Like like have you ever acted before? And they definitely didn't
0: spend any money on the guy who played Michael Leach's ear prosthetics. (laughs) He looked like somebody who had a go at making a cosplay Ferengi head. (laughs) So <laughs> with paper maché it looks like,
1: looks like somebody's got some used tea bags <laughs> and just sort of lightly affixed them to the side of his head it's I mean can we talk at the opening sort of scene of this film after the Eddie Jones bit there's a bit where Michael Leach uh, pretend Michael Leach not real Michael Leach which is important <laughs> you have because to, you have both to are in to this film pretend yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael. And, and his missus um, who's Japanese but weirdly has an American accent does yes. she really have an American accent? I don't know no idea I'm going, to, I'm going to assume she doesn't because nobody else in this film is talking with the right accent anyway so yeah um, they're having a conversation um, about Eddie Jones and honestly if that conversation actually happened in real life I have serious concerns about their relationship because they appear to only be able to communicate through clunky and contrived expositional dialogue <laughs> um, four minutes into this film right and we've had two mentions that Eddie Jones is half Japanese but not really like I know, they, yeah, there was the last, I wrote that the down. There's loads bat, of that. That drum. And Michael
0: his... Leach at one point refers to himself, the real Michael Leach, refers yeah. to himself, you know, it wasn't easy growing up in New Zealand as a half cast. Cast, yeah, yeah. It was like, was that you know, right. it's, it's like, whoa, i got to you know, it's your background, like, mate, fair enough, but. It could
1: be such an interesting film here, or a documentary, even a film, to be honest. One or the other, <laughs> not both. Um... <laughs>
0: Especially not both in the same <laughs> film, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, about Japan's in you know Japan's relationship with race as through the prism of well according movies.
0: to this film what you can say is that they are stonkingly racist
1: <laughs> mega as a racist culture. and
0: I've got no idea if they are I'm no. simply saying that watching this film they are stonkingly racist as a culture is what this film is telling me
1: yeah it's like I just it's it's so fucking weird how overtly and like unapologetically kind of like throughout the film like constantly digging at, for a film that's clearly made with the cooperation of everyone involved the JRFU and you know, is made for a Japanese audience presumably like there's so many like unsubtle digs at Japanese culture, like you say the racism the bigotry against non-Japanese people like the sort of talk that basically how, you know, Japanese culture is at odds with creating good rugby players and good rugby teams because they're too fucking compliant. Like, it's pretty pointed, isn't it? It is pretty pointed, yeah. And a kind of a bit sort of like, is this okay? I don't I don't know if it's okay, but, you know, so, yeah.
0: There's all this serious shit going on, and Michael Leach is having flashbacks about his dead brother, which must have been which... a fucking awful thing for him to go through, but it's very clunky as a dramatic device. Honestly,
1: it's an unbelievably hammy in that he's sitting there practising Japanese characters, which is a subtle metaphor for how he's trying to integrate into Japanese culture. Because,
0: in case you've forgotten, not really Japanese,
1: yeah. Yeah, brick through window level of subtlety. (laughs) Um, And then they have this voiceover of what is presumably his mother ringing him up and saying that his brothers died in a car crash, which that incident must be... Incredibly formative and traumatic for Michael Leach but it is handled in a way that is unbelievably like sub soap opera level at
0: no point in the whole of the film does the real Michael Leach talk about talk
1: about that
0: it's it's used as a dramatic thing but at no point does Michael (laughs) Leach say because after that you think there'd be a cut to the real Michael Leach saying you know, I had to leave New Zealand and because that, I felt so traumatized about my brother. Well, I don't know, whatever it might be. I don't know what my,
1: and that it really is my issue with a lot of this film is that these sort of moments that they have, and you know, I'm jumping around a bit here, but when Eddie Jones, the, probably the one like bit of this film that's played really nicely, I think, by Morrison is when Eddie Jones' dad dies. Yes, because Morrison plays that in actually really understated way, yeah. where. And in a way that you could imagine was quite real for Eddie Jones in that he doesn't like he doesn't get overcome with emotion, he just allows himself literally a fraction of a second for the emotion to register across his face. he holds the phone away and then he 's straight back to it it's very nicely handled, yes, however, we don't really get any kind of insight from Eddie Jones then about what the reality of that was, you know of what his internal Like and nobody's ever telling you what the internal shit is. It's all surface. Yeah. And that it pissed me off more than anything to be honest. Because I was like, I want to know.
0: Yeah, (laughs) because I've not read his book. I suppose we should read his book because I was very interested in it. It obviously doesn't surprise me that a half Japanese lad in the seventies in Australia would have had a shit time (laughs) at school. Yeah. They would have done in Britain as well. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying no. It's so. I'd have been. So I would like to read his book to see if he goes into a bit more depth about that. And that because all you got here was a ridiculously, you know, trite, cliched flashback. Yeah, it was basically. all. It was and so then his mum saying fun. to him that when people say horrible things to you, you should just smile and say something intelligent. Then obviously, fast forward, and that's what he does. Yeah, actually, that's
1: what he does now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But these sort of things. I mean, I really enjoyed uh, when we cut to that flashback. Um, they have to put Eddie Jones. Uh, on ed- Young Eddie Jones's backpack, just in case, like li- <laughs> literally written in incredibly legible letters, um, just in case you're not
0: following. Because to be honest, it would be hard to lose because That was just a real Eddie Jones kid. Is this? Is this? What's this?
1: Indeed. But that that bit, as you you mentioned, the scrum banter thing. This is when he's a teenager, he- then, isn't it? Well, he's a teenager and somebody basically says Asians can't play rugby which I'll, I'll level with you nobody ever said that yeah. Maybe they, they almost certainly called him some unbelievably he said nasty things unbelievably awful Unbelievable. Yeah. much much worse like um, and then he just does some you know he makes some sort of really bad line in response it's so hammy and it's so like awful and then it cuts to oh it's just yeah it's there are so many things in this that make me want to know more about Eddie Jones. There's
0: a nice line about his mum and dad as well as well. He's who's he speaking to later on? Tamura Morrison acting now, which I yeah. think is obviously some truth to it. Where he was saying about how he admires his mum and dad because his mum got a load of shit because she was interned during the Second mm. World War as an American Japanese, and then his dad got a load of shit for marrying an Asian woman and all that. And he said that basically they never had a bad thing to say about anybody. Yeah, and you like, like the anti,
1: Eddie Jones, really? It is, isn't it? It's, a weird <laughs> it's sort interesting. We yeah. I mean,
0: obviously start. Like, I'm not fucking putting up with the shit they did or whatever, but it's um, and you think, oh, well, actually, that's interesting about how that plays into his character and stuff because, you know, but, but again, it's just all so surface, like you said. The um,
1: can we talk about some of the <laughs> radical bits, stylistic like, for starters,
0: departures?
1: Yeah, for starters. <laughs> most of this film appears to have been shot in the PE department of a comprehensive school.
0: Yes. For all um, the offices of the Japanese JRFU, um, seem to yeah, yeah. have offices. I wonder if the real
1: I comp, wonder if yeah. the real JRFU offices have framed prints of the JRF, uh, JRFU logo on every wall, uh, <laughs> as they do in this film, so that you know that it is definitely the JRFU. But like, there's a bit right at the start where um, they, after they play the French barbarians, where Eddie Jones, the fake Eddie Jones, is talking to the fake Michael Leach. Um, and it literally looks like it's like in a stairwell, and there's a bit of grass that you can see, sort of blurred out in the background. And it honestly looks like some kids are going to come down the stairs headed down to double geography. <laughs> like that does not look like. If I mean, maybe that's what the JRFU yeah, sort of looked maybe. like at that point. Maybe it is, but
0: university of rugby is big over there, so you never know, do you?
1: Yeah, it does kind of feel like they just literally made this film for about so, five pence.
0: There's the three. There's the three key Japanese JRFU officials, isn't there? There's JR and two other lads. Yes. And there's a really weird bit where the lad who's playing JR breaks the fourth wall and goes, you're probably wondering why they call me...
1: Breaks the fucking fourth wall. you're
0: probably wondering why they call me JR. And then it cuts to the real JR, who tells the story. And I'll be honest, I didn't
1: understand it. Neither did I. Not (laughs) something to do with Japanese railways, but it was just the fact that he, all of a sudden, after sort of having this sort of very, very serious... And that is the thing. This film is, you know, fucking balls in a cheese grater level serious <laughs> a lot like for the entire but then they just have a couple of moments where it goes mental so there's one bit where as you say jr breaks the fourth wall outside of a disabled toilet <laughs> like he's ferris fucking Bueller or something and just go, <laughs> just goes, sorry you wondering like it was then and the thing is helped. it's
0: like no nobody wondered why you were called jr that's the other thing there was no, no It's apropos of nothing it's like I just, no, I just thought that was your fucking it. name
1: yeah yeah like, but then, for, at no point does, and I, I mean, that was before a pivotal conversation between Eddie Jones and JR, where he's talking about needing to get the coaches. Um, it is very funny that a, a pivotal conversation that changed the course of Japanese rugby takes place outside a disabled toilet. Hmm. Um, quite clearly as well as a sign. Um, but then, can you can we go roll back a little bit to when the three like JRFU people are, are having the conversation about kind of you know imagine beating yeah. a top
0: 3 team that C- yeah.
1: can you imagine that is the line and there's a
0: an beat then, there's and there's a beat. beat and then what happens
1: and then it cuts to basically like it just turns into train spotting for about yeah.
0: 10 it seconds it's fast cuts
1: to it's them like a jump. Yeah, with it's like disco
0: lights going off
1: yeah
0: yeah you know like you know like in Spaced
1: where yeah. like You've got Brian, and you like, what are the things you do? And he's like, fear, and it cuts, and he's like, and pain, and like, all that. It's like those jump cuts, but they're jump cutting to them having a massive party, but they're in exactly the same place.
0: With sun headbands on and stuff. and jumping Yeah, they've got
1: sun headbands, and they've got some disco lighting, and they're basically pissed, and then it cuts back. And again, that is the only time that we use that for the entire film. Yeah,
0: that style list is only done once, and, it's, and yeah. other than that, they are all, apart from JR, because he's like, with Eddie... The other two are totally miserable bastards.
1: Yeah, who basically are just waiting for him to, and are convinced he's going to fail. Right, I keep telling, the they Keep
0: saying he's not really Japanese
1: over and over, over and over, over again. Over and over again. It's weird, man. Um, yeah, there's a weird conversation with Jr. Like the one of the weirdest things in the first sort of quarter of this film is speaking of weird things is when. Michael Leach and Eddie Jones, the pretend ones. Um, I'm going to keep doing that because <laughs> yeah, <it's> very important. <laughs> it's, it's fucking confusing. important. Yeah. Um, comes have a conversation in a coffee shop, which has way too much prominent branding. By the way, that I feel like Michael Leach owns this coffee shop. Yes. Um, they have a conversation in this coffee shop. And about him, Michael Leach basically taking over the captaincy and they go through it. And Eddie James basically says, "Ah, it's fucking shit, mate. You know, he's, he's past it. You need to be captain. And then like the pretend Michael, the real Michael Leach cuts in and goes, no, Eddie James wouldn't do it like that. And then the scene plays again (laughs) with what actually happened and it's like and all of a sudden we're in fucking we're in fucking flash forward isn't it? I don't know it's like
0: the director writer obviously decided to go these are all, these are all the ideas I've ever had about anything to do with anything oh, I wanted to do
1: letting me make a film I'm going to put everything in here it's so and then slightly later Eddie Jones has like a real a weird conversation with JR about the sort of the futility of capitalist society where he's like I see these people sort of going to work every day in their cars <laughs> and they all look miserable and why are they doing it? Why do people go to work, mate? It's like, it's it, I don't know if that was supposed to be funny. And, and a lot of, and
0: everything about, if you come away from this film, what you the reason why they beat South Africa is they trained long days.
1: Yeah.
0: Eddie Jones, Michael Leach, and the eight coaches that he wanted.
1: Yes. That's it. It's not anything
0: to do with anybody else or anybody else did. <laughs> it's Eddie Jones and Michael Leach and, the, and yeah. the coaches
1: and what say, by speaking, the way what speaking the speaking of the coaches fuck yeah. <laughs> me um a really enjoy that he just writes Mark Delmaso and then crazy on a whiteboard <laughs> which lovely touch uh and accurate um Steve Borthwick's actor is uh I mean that's Hollywood for you eh because he does yes. he's a damn sight more good looking than Steve I mean his nose is and he straight. has
0: one line where he walks in and goes our line out is much better than South Africa's line out Or something.
1: Yeah. We have more variations
0: than they do, or something. (laughs) And also, the Avengers Assemble nature of the coach announcements. Yeah. Where it keeps freezing and giving their name on the screen.
1: uh, They are much more important to this film than players. And let's not forget, like, in 2015, like, Goromaru is sort of tossed in there, but basically he's tossed in there as being fucking, you know a total fucking head case that Eddie Jones asked to bloody...
0: Yeah, well, basically it. a lazy waste of space who's got talent and yeah, one yeah, work yeah. hard,
1: yeah. Yeah, and so... An
0: incredibly, incredibly powerful moments when Eddie Jones gives him a gift and says, so inside hard. this box is the reason why you're not doing as well as you can. The answer's in here, and he basically out and guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It's a little mirror. And Goromaru well, looks at himself in that <laughs> mirror...
1: If real Eddie Jones actually did that, he's watched too many films.
0: <laughs> of course he didn't. Like...
1: <laughs> but that's the thing, though. If they can do that level of like artistic license, then why could they not have made this a good film? <laughs> like, If you're going to make shit like that up, make interesting shit up. But it's, it's that production meeting thing, your
0: point at the beginning. When he sat there and went, right, I want to make this film, and it's going to be part dramatic, part documentary. How did nobody go, whoa, hang on? Hang on a
1: minute. Actually, that is, mate,
0: you know, know, that it's, got, it's 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 That's neither fish and a fowl. That makes no sense. We need <laughs> to... And you've got comedy bits in here. I mean, who edited the script? Do you know what I
1: mean? It's all... I don't understand. I don't, I don't think there was a great deal of script editing involved. I'm not sure there was much script. This is a film, right, that is absolutely fucking in love with two people having a very serious conversation in a room that is poorly poorly lit for the With sake of production design.
0: Every single scene has incredibly foreboding and emotional soundtrack music. Yeah. Every yeah, single scene, no matter what you're talking about, as a... You... <laughs> You're like, no, I have two sugars in my coffee. It made... The thing is,
1: like Eddie Jones, right? Funny man. Yeah? Yes. genuinely like, let's not be around the bush. He's, he's witty he's when he wants to He's quick as
0: fuck as well. Dry and
1: quick. And and funny, yeah, dry yeah. and quick. There is not one good joke in this film. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. There's one good joke. And that is when Eddie Jones says to, um, to to Jr., "Are you gonna Bundy off?" And he's like, "What?" And he's like, Are you gonna Bundy off?" And he's like, "I I, I don't know what that means." <laughs> <laughs> and that I genuinely laughed out loud at that. But that's as good a joke as it gets. That's as close to a joke as this film gets.
0: And the closest relationship you observe is between Eddie Jones and that and that goatee bearded journalist who they fence with quite regularly. What? The f-
1: like. That guy is never named. He's not named in the credits. He's obviously a real person. I would imagine that the fucking pool of English speak, like Kiwi journalists who regularly cover Japan rugby press conferences, is pretty small. And that guy does not come across well.
0: He doesn't come out very well at all, does he? Maybe he's a composite character. That's what they normally get away with saying,
1: isn't
0: Um, he? Yeah. There's there's the bit outside the the dressing room. They're listen, all stood you know, outside I'm listening, and he said, Africa? "You're going to be South Africa," yeah. and they're laughing because they're fucking laughing out there. And let me tell you this: it's it, there's a lot, there's a lot of montage, and there's a lot of of emotional one from the Gipper speeches happening a lot, isn't it?
1: Yeah. To so tell you what else if there is, there's an awful lot of Canterbury in this movie. A lot of
0: Canterbury. This, yes. this film is
1: a fucking advert. I actually, I was quite bored at one point in this film, and I actually started counting how <laughs> long it was before a Canterbury logo appeared on. And the longest bit before a Canterbury logo appeared was um, four minutes, and that's where Eddie Jones is basically in the like. I think it might have been the bit between when he's recovering from his stroke and when his dad dies. There's like four minutes without a Canterbury logo. And then we're right oh, back. That's because he's in pyjamas
0: in a hospital bed. Exactly,
1: yes. Um, but I, I just love the fact that he's got one set of, like he's either in Canterbury training wear or a polo or something like that. And then he's literally got one set of other clothes. It's, it's, his it's schoolboy
0: is, jumper it's, and, 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 and towel. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's literally, all... like, I'm mean, even when he's relaxing, he's just wearing the same thing. And it's not even like he's got like different jumpers. He's always wearing the same blue jumper, the same grey trousers, and the same light blue. It was shirt. quite
0: clearly filmed in about four days, wasn't it? The whole thing. Oh, it?
1: massively so. Yeah.
0: So he has a stroke, in which you mentioned. And what Mm. is really funny about the thing is that they do properly have a Rocky-style montage of Eddie Jones recovering from his stroke. Instead of, like, smashing things with Amazon and having kids chasing through the park, it's just him doing stroke physiotherapy in in a therapy room.
1: (laughs) But then they the thing is, right, there's an interesting, like, kernel of what could be quite an interesting narrative. Yeah, so often this happens, but yes, go on. Yeah. The reality, they, they, because basically, because the other sort of strand of this is Michael Leach badly breaks his leg, sort oh, of yes. what is it, 18 months out from the Rugby World Cup. And they sort of parallel, at various points throughout the film, they're obviously paralleling their shared experience. You know, because it's Michael- all
0: about them too, as we've established. Yeah,
1: yes. but like, because Michael Leach has experienced racism, clearly, you know, alienation in a country that they considered home. They've both lost loved ones. They've both been written off. They've both suffered sort of health drawbacks that have threatened their dreams and there's a film to be made that like if a pure narrative one that actually gets into that and their relationship and the way that they sort of drove each other on to be to to have this glorious successful moment by sort of both coming through this shared darkness and basically finding each other as sort of a captain and a coach and pushing each other through the team to win that would have been quite a nice you know not a complicated film because very few sports films are but at least that could have been quite narratively satisfying instead it's a fucking mess because it's neither film, both film because of the fact that clearly jones and leach are heavily involved in this film um neither of them wants to actually show any kind of human weakness And so we have these sort of struggles that they go through, but they're always facing them basically with a stiff upper lip and determination and they're getting through them. And there's never any dark times. There's never any drawbacks, you know, at no point does Michael Leach sort of get feel totally fucking defeated by the fact that, you know, he can't even get a fucking housing lease in Japan because he's a man in Japan and things like this. (laughs) Yeah. Like Mm. I just don't believe it. It doesn't, none of it works. Narratively, at all,
0: and it keeps jumping on 100. It starts off a thousand days from the World Cup. That's the device, and it keeps jumping on like 200 days, yeah. and whatever, until it's down to. And then, when they're, is it when they're a week from the World Cup, does this they're suddenly walking through cherry blossom orchard or forest, that whatever is you call so
1: it? so fucking weird with
0: this kind of lady. Like, a, I'm assuming, like, sounds like the Japanese version of Ellie Goulding singing yeah. a sort of haunting ballad. And then the, he, he, he walks them into a graveyard and says, all of these <clears> graves represent <throat> a life, but your lives haven't even yeah. begun yet. And then they slowly walk around again, looking at again, graves, this... Ellie Goulding. And then he goes up to Michael Leach that? or something. Yeah, go on.
1: Like, cause it's, they basically do a weird jump cut where Eddie Jones' dad dies. Yeah. Um, then it cuts to basically all of the senior Japanese play, players that they could be bothered to get actors in for um, sitting on weights benches under, you know, in sort oh, of... Oh,
0: yeah, like a semicircle, six of them. In a semicircle, is right? and
1: then one of them gets a text and goes, basically, oh, his dad's died. Oh, and the and text just, bubbles, by the way. What the fuck, the text... Well, that, yeah, that's another thing. That's another weird, yeah. Um, there's also a really weird scene where um, JR, JR is being texted while driving before Eddie Jones has a stroke. But yeah, it's so odd. But we, yeah, I mean, well, the players it, all it,
0: hate him, didn't they? Tell him he just yeah. And the fact that gone. it's
1: like this, this weird sort of like fucking like, you know, you, you don't want your missus to see to check your phone, check your text messages on your phone because you're worried about like that. It has that kind of vibe about it, <laughs> and it's so odd. But yeah, so they're all sitting in a the semicircle. They get the news that Eddie Jones' dad's died, and then they start singing this song. Horise starts,
0: the one who's been sacked yeah. as the captain.
1: Yeah, and
0: there's a and then, translation of the song, which is not really which, about. Well, is it about? I don't know what it's meant to be said about. Something about looking up to the sky, so my tears don't fall, or something. I can I can't remember now. But
1: well, you should remember because they subtitle that song, even though the song has literally three lyrics. It has three lines of lyrics that are repeated. It's a lovely, beautiful song. It's a
0: lovely ballad. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. However. Once the, they, it makes perfect sense for them to subtitle it when they're singing it the first time round because anybody with ears can tell that this is a song that has like three, yes, you know... It's one of those types line. of, yes, repeat yeah. to folk song. but type. then for the next four and a half minutes, the Ellie Goulding woman takes over from singing that song and sings it the entire time that they're walking around this graveyard and it's subtitled every single time for the <laughs> remaining four minutes. And but, it's so i know, and I know what that says. Is now. it
0: because Eddie Jones' dad has died? They walk to a graveyard. I don't understand the graveyard I think I graveyard feel like that was always thing. the plan.
1: I think that was always the plan, but it's had its extra significance because his dad's died.
0: All these because it is very much good all these people are dead. You're
1: not. So <laughs> yeah, go and beat South Africa,
0: part. right? Okay, on we go.
1: Yeah. Um. Once the game starts, though, it almost becomes even more weird. Because there is no
0: logical narrative to the clips of the game. They show apart no, from the tries also, and stuff, but there's no, there's, there's anyway, go on.
1: Yeah. Like any, any half decent documentarian could make a brilliant fucking jump cut highlights. The last because the last 10 minutes of the film is basically archive footage of the game, but cut in a way that absolutely robs the game of any kind of drama. Um, but why would also, you want that when
0: you can have a 12-minute Tamura Morrison half-time, given one from the Gipper speech, which is what really they were teeing <laughs> up for,
1: isn't it? Well, I mean, talk about easy days that Tamira Morrison's had in work is that for some reason, right, even though they cut to the real game footage, because they obviously don't have the budget to pay 30 people to pretend to play rugby, um, they mix the real game footage in with dramatised footage of of Eddie Jones reacting to things that are happening on the pitch, combined with reactions of Michael Leach's missus, who's got a weirdly massive part in this film, by the way. Um, like, you'd swear that she was the third most important person to Japan beating South Africa. <laughs> well, the she's got a bigger time, part than
0: any of the other players. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, so, uh, they've got Tamura Morrison basically reacting to tries being scored or conceded or penalties and basically as we all know from remembering eddie jones on that day eddie jones was basically stoic for that entire game so it's basically tamara morrison standing there with an earpiece in just looking quite intense (laughs) and but for some reason they cut the it's the dramatized eddie jones but it's the real heineken meyer (laughs) Yes, that is, I've never thought that, yeah. <laughs> they, cut, they
0: cut to the they so it's cut Samira to the and Morrison thing. pulling faces and then the real Heineken, the real Maier, Heineken
1: yeah. yeah. And like there's a very obvious you know difference in quality because like Trevor Morrison's been filmed with a film camera up close and the Heineken Maier ones are shot with fucking sports cameras from 100 yards away because he's in a coaching box. And it, but it's just so like either use real Eddie Jones and real Heineken Maier as your reactions or use or just could they not? Could they honestly not afford to get a Heineken guy in to <laughs> do when, the same thing?
0: And they win the game. It cuts to the two miserable JRFU lads in the crowd, and then just to box it off in case you weren't sure, one of them literally yeah. says to the other one, "We will never talk about one hundred and forty-five <laughs> seventeen again." again.
1: <laughs> uh, it's still though. I must be said, the moment where Japan score at the end. It's still It remains epic. amazing. And spine-tingling, yeah. goosebump bumpy stuff. Um, and it's so much better than anything that's in this film.
0: And like, to jump back to the graveyard for a minute, basically pretend Eddie Jones goes to pretend Michael Leach with his tea bag ears and says, whatever decision you want to make, I'll stick with you. And, you know, yeah. your brother will be proud of that or something. And then they... And, yeah. Cause, and whatever. So then, of course, there's the big decision at the end of the penalty where they take the scrum. Yeah. Uh, where Leach takes the scrum and that's what leads to the final score and and they win brilliant. Um, and if he hadn't taken, in case you don't remember, if he hadn't taken the the scrum, they could have kicked a penalty. Goramaru could have kicked the penalty. It would have been a draw. draw yeah. And and it's and again, I think the most interesting thing about all of it, of this entire thing, is it cuts the real Michael Leach after the sc- after the decision and he says something along the lines of if I hadn't taken the scrum if we'd gone for the kick and it had been missed I, regret, I would have regretted it forever that we didn't give it a go and try to win I also get the impression he didn't fancy laying it all on Goromaru to be honest
1: I, would, yeah, I wouldn't want to it give it and that's unbelievably he- like as good as he was in that tournament let's not forget that Goromaru outside of that tournament for the rest of his career before and after was broadly fucking hat stand
0: that's because not, people weren't giving him mirrors often enough <laughs> They just, if he just got given mirrors every now and again to look at himself, he'd have been so yeah. But um, and actually, I do think that would have been a really good bit to spend some time and get some thoughts about that. Actually, that's really interesting because, you know, one, was it because you didn't want to put pressure on your kicker and have him be haunted by it for the rest of his life? Did you want to give it a go? Does it say what kind it's... of leader you are that actually we've come this far, let's fucking get stuck in, let's all go for it together. And actually, even if we lose, it'll be fucking disappointing, but this is this will be the best thing we've ever done together sort of thing. Yeah.
1: What yeah? What did Michael Leach fucking say? like? The, the, because they haven't bothered to fucking pay for enough actors to have a whole entire Japanese rugby team. Like we can't even get Michael Leach fucking saying what he was saying to them in the huddle before like that final <laughs> yeah. scrum. Like basic fucking sports movie shit. Yeah. That this is our last chance, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Like even if it would have been hammy as fuck, it would have you know made it narratively much more. Because according to this narrative, they
0: would all going, "Well, you're not even Japanese anyway."
1: <laughs> Probably. He, yeah. Because because he's in the huddle going, "Look, boys, I know I'm not Japanese, but can you just push <laughs> yeah. at this scrum?"
0: <laughs> and then they're going, "What the fuck's going on with your ears?" <laughs>
1: I mean, the reality is, like, sporting drama is not, act- like, for all of the, like, thing of, you know, when something remarkable happens in sports, you know, it's like, oh, it's like a movie. It's like, no, it's not like a movie, because, like, that's why all stories are not based on real life, because real life is nowhere near as interesting as a well-written story. Like, hmm. even something that has as strong a narrative as that epic win over South Africa is mainly quite dull it's mainly about training in a training camp for 170 yeah, odd days, yeah,
0: whatever many days it was, for yeah. 12 hours a day. There's a really funny, there's a really yeah. obvious bit at the beginning where, in the middle, where they're so sick of training, they go and ask Eddie, "Can we not train?" He says, "No, fuck off. It's not my problem. You don't want to train." Well, the players won't yeah. turn up. That's not my problem. And I imagine he probably was a bit like that actually. Yeah, yeah. But these are these are the standards, and it's not my problem if you don't want to live up to them. If you don't want to turn up, then that's not on me. And yeah. then they turn and up he's and he challenging
1: says, Leech's captaincy. He says
0: there is no training. And then they go and train anyway. It's like yeah. that bit in Escapes of Victory where they're offered the chance to to, to, to to escape a prisoner of war camp, but instead, no, they choose to stay and play against yeah. the Germans. We can win this. We can win this, lads. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. What did you say there?
0: Low red left back from Ipswich Town. What did you say? <laughs>
1: And yeah, and that's the the issue. Like, if you're going to make a drama version of this film, go fucking all out and make it an interesting portrait of these two clearly quite tortured and damaged individuals. Yes, that,
0: who deal with it in different about,
1: ways. Yeah. What what and what drives them in the way that it's it's allowed them to do this sort of thing that nobody imagined was possible. But like, it it is. I mean, it, it, you you said like they literally the only players that actually are sort of in any way kind of like even part of this is Goromaru and uh, what's and, his face? And Hirise, uh, the, the
0: former and Hirize. He he wasn't actually even, even playing.
1: <laughs> yeah, doesn't play for the entire tournament because he's the off-field captain, effectively. Um, But, you know, there was some fucking good... Like Matsushima was playing. Tanaka was playing. Like... Michael Broadus was good Lee Thompson was good like Mafia off the bench and, was amazing. maphy off the bench yeah like yeah you tomorrow uh, tomorrow was on the bench like this was a really like this was a Japanese team that was basically the first iteration of what became the fucking brilliant team in 2019 you know with give oh. or give or take a few retirements and at no point is that alluded to at all that you know eddie Jones whether through his own like talent spotting or through sheer luck, happens upon you know probably the best like combined generation of Japanese rugby players that there has ever been. And how <laughs> does that happen? Like at no point is that he basically just goes, "Yeah, these players aren't good enough. And we have to get new ones." But. Can, you, can, we, can we get some more information yes. on how you unearthed these brilliant what was players? We had seen weird
0: big? scene when JR was crossing the name out of non-Japanese people on a big list? Was that then mm. trying to sort of say, yeah, we've deliberately gotten rid of people who are not of Japanese, full Japanese background sort of thing? I didn't, I didn't understand what they were trying to do there. It
1: certainly felt a little bit like that, yeah. I mean, this is a very... It's a very weird,
0: frankly, it's a... very shit film. It's a shit film. About a brilliant, frank, brilliant moment. It deserved operation.
1: better. Yeah. <laughs> genuine, I would genuinely like some... like This film would be a lot... Even for all of its soap opera fucking schlocky hamminess, this film would be so much better if we had some genuine humanity <laughs> on display from either Leech or Jones, preferably both. Like, yes. Well I'm not just talking about like, oh yeah, I went through some rough stuff. But it just drove me on to go better, to be better. like All of that sort of yes. athlete bullshit. And the problem is that Eddie Jones is still a fucking working coach and Michael Leach is still a professional rugby player. Mm. So there's no... <laughs> Given how heavily involved they are with this film, there's no way that either of them are going to actually like show off that level of... like No proper yeah, like, it was never you know, going to be effectively was it being made yeah. it this way that's before there's, no, even, there's no before you even get
0: into the stylistic fucking nightmare oh my god between. it's an
1: absolute mess but yeah there's, there's no you know if both of these if both eddie jones and michael leach had retired at this point then we might have seen a bit more
0: yeah. humanity
1: but as it is, they're both too keen, you know, to protect their current status as professional people.
0: I'll advertise that coffee shop, whoever it belongs to, because it's a.
1: I'm I'm putting money on Michael Leach or maybe the guy who so, makes this film. I don't know. Um, yeah.
0: One thing about watching the game: how many of those tackles will be a red or yellow
1: card right now? By the oh, way, oh yeah, and it was, and was different... only
0: four and a half years ago, and it was still. It's like it's a different <laughs> world. So.
1: Um, yeah, there's a, there's a really like the the one that Leech does right at the end of the first half. Oh yes, yeah. is, stri- is a straight red. <laughs> yeah. In 2020. 100 percent yes.
0: So the film finishes and you quite wisely perhaps immediately turned the fucker off as soon as they got to yes. the final. So as soon as the screen went black, you're like fuck, I am done. I whatever reason kept watching and a closing song came on, and a closing <sighs> song oh, is, is this. Oh man, my headphone jack's playing up.
1: This <laughs> is like a really shit rejected '90s Bond theme. and I thought I
0: I know this voice.
1: Try to live
0: a lifeless ordinary. These are bad times, we never give up,
1: we never give in. Be there in the end, we are right at the time. Cause start time is now We're the a
0: circus of white, it's the story of mine. I mean. So it turns out, I went. I know that voice. I can't place it. I think it might be this mm. guy. But looks anyway. it Turns out it is. It is Simon LeBon. Well done for anybody you guessed, who's co-written that with the musical supervisor who wrote all the music they kept playing all the time. It's called the the story of how, and is written entirely in cliches, um, and <laughs> and weak.
1: I'm staggered top by notes. that. How, how well, I mean, I, they,
0: he can only be a mate of somebody involved, can he? Because if you shows to him, listen, yeah. Simon, there's this film that's being made. It's part documentary, right? It's part film. I don't like the sound of this. It's about rugby, um, okay? And it's about Japan, right? And the bloke from Shortland Street's in it. Um, <coughs> he doesn't see that sound of one go. You know, I'll be on the f- f- on the fucking plane tomorrow. I'm there.
1: It's weird, isn't it? it it's it is it's
0: only to be found on uh, YouTube. It doesn't appear to be published, that song,
1: anywhere else. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me that I can't buy this on iTunes for £79? The
0: story of how? Because it was all story about taking, of... getting to the end and taking the chances <sighs> and all that. Christ. So nothing really sums up that film more than that, really, because that's as bizarre as the 82 minutes that went before it. It is. So
1: it is. It's... It's such a weird, I would, I absolutely would not recommend watching this.
0: But it is that thing that the the biggest thing on anything, if you, if you haven't watched it already, you do start watching it. You won't, well, you won't know now because I've told you, but when you don't know and you start watching it, you are literally going, whoa, this, whoa, what the fuck is going on? And then Joel Stransky's on it at the beginning and then he's not on it again until night. What at he just yeah. basically says, Yeah, you and Japan loved it, but to us it was the greatest humiliation we've ever fucking suffered. Basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. Joel Stransky's basically there to go. That was fucking shit, isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah. It's all very well, you fucking laughing, but you should have yeah. been round our house for the night of the day it happened. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, anyway, yeah. shall
0: we shall we leave that now? You should watch it for the experience, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, because it is—it's bizarre. But um,
1: yeah, it's—it's—it's. It's, it's oh, what a, else are you gonna do? <laughs> remarkable. Well, yeah, indeed. I mean, now that I feel that like I worry what this has done to the algorithm as far as what it's gonna recommend me on Amazon Prime <laughs> now. Yes. Um It's it's fascinating as, a, as an art, a weird as a weird fucking artifact of of that what glorious mo- of glo- that glorious... <laughs> like. Of, of The reaction to that glorious fucking moment of rugby wonderfulness. You know, this is, you know, when anybody, like, as it always happens, like, whenever something remar- like remarkable happens in sport, like, invariably, a week later, there's some fucking nonsense news story about, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so is... Going to make you know, it's being made into a film now. You know, Jamie Vardy's life is being made into a film or whatever. Mickey
0: Rourke and Alfie, for example. Mickey
1: Rourke and Alfie being the textbook example of that. They never happen, literally, never happen. No, except this one happens.
0: Although, I would love to see that Jamie Vardy film. You've got to be quite excited about that, now. <laughs> uh.
1: but this is the thing, these, these sort of things they, they never ever actually make it to. To actually being a film and actually being released, and yet somehow this is basically this basically should be a, a sort of a like a cautionary tale for why these things should not happen.
0: <laughs> this will be an entire module on a film studies course very soon because <laughs> yeah. there's so much in there. It really doesn't need someone picking. I imagine Squidge is doing a film club now. To fill the time, he's big into his film. I imagine Squidge will do quite the job on this because he probably, he knows what me, he probably knows what things like mise on send" mean and things like that. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. So apparently, yes, the Jamie Vardy film was made. Uh, it was being written by Adrian Bouchard, who uh, wrote the Gold trilogy. You remember? Remember that?
0: Good God! Didn't Robert Duval turn up in one of them?
1: Probably yes. Uh, David Beckham and Ronaldo are both in it, but uh, yeah, apparently Vinny Jones is attached, uh, and Fucking Claudio Ranieri's asked for Robert De Niro to play him, but I, I think he might be there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, the Robert strategy. De Niro did do Rocky and Bullwinkle. It's not like he's you know he's, he's, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't he's... turn weird shit down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I mean, why not? Let's, let's who who in rugby most deserves a film. I mean I've watched the Gavin Ensign film. Just yes. to, like that's an actual story. There's an actual I'm increasingly thinking
0: Lawrence Delalio deserves a film, mainly for the stuff he doesn't oh. want to cover in the film, I imagine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's basically twenty four hour party people, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, basically this film is absolute cock. Yeah, yes
0: it's uh, it's it it stinks of unwashed cock, yes, as they say yeah
1: <laughs> there's there's not really anything to recommend it, and yet i felt- i you know i found myself perfectly engaged with it throughout its uh you know incredibly short running time. I'm glad
0: I had some I, I'm glad I had to take notes. That made it move along a little maybe bit. Maybe that was
1: maybe that's why I was engaged. because I was making notes and pausing it and having to write down what the fuck was this about? <laughs> um Yeah, it's weird. So, so not yourself Yeah, yeah so Michael Leach's wife, uh, in this film is an actress called Sumir or Sumaya, mm-hmm. uh who is uh um and that Japanese actress, singer and fashion model um, who has been in things like The Shack, Hawaii Five-0, Inhumans, uh, which was fucking terrible, by the way. That's one of the worst TV shows I've ever watched. Uh, and, so it one about know, the androids? Uh, no, in, it's uh, in Marvel's Inhumans. Oh, which, in, right, sorry. Uh, which, which was probably the worst one of the worst. Yeah, actually it's the worst TV show I've ever seen, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, so she's obviously an actress of some semblance of, hmm. like, notoriety.
0: I mean, you could tell by the close-up facial reaction shots in the game that she's this is quite like, skilled, I mean, me... you know.
1: Don't get me wrong. She's a very pretty girl. And if that's why they cast her, then, you know, it, it wouldn't be the least surprising thing about this film, <laughs> let's be honest. Or the most surprising thing, I should say. It's just weird, though, isn't it? It's very weird. It is weird. I'm so there you go. Our yeah.
0: final word is, it's weird. So go and have a go. at Like Square Crisps in the 80s. Um, yeah. Let's do shit good quickly, because we've rattled on about this for quite some time. Um, might agree, yeah. Hunter Sewell says that shit is having to shave with a dull razor using anti-dandruff shampoo as cream because the goblins in my hometown have decided to bank on shaving cream being currency, post-apocalypse. You've got to go beard, Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going beard, isolation, ISO beard. Uh, Michael gets in touch. He says, shit, is the weather being so bastard and nice and not being able to fully enjoy it? He said, but good is I'm running out of DIY jobs through around the flat. I'm not running out of DIY jobs, Michael, let me tell you. You know what I've done? I've run out of timber <laughs> and I can't get any timber from anywhere. And that's what's happened to me. I bought, a, I had to buy a door for my new pantry because that's how middle class I am. And, uh, and the, I went on Wix, and they said, yes, you can still order it. I thought, that's all right, I'll get it ordered. Uh, delivery date of the 28th of April, and that was last week for a door. So, Which is right, because they shouldn't be delivering stuff until they have to. So,
1: Yeah, it does. It, it, it's the same sort of sketch of just like, well, yeah, but I am stuck in the house. At least give me fucking something to do. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know.
0: Uh, Bailey and Aurora says, his shit is the Colorado Raptors taking a huff and leaving MLR? They're not winning like they used to.
1: I mean, I, th- I think that's probably the American rugby's least fo- least of their fucking problems right now.
0: Well, apparently MLR are paying the full contract, according to Happy Hooker. he it, got it as good here. Fair play. Uh, what have we got here? Pierre Gat gets in touch. He says, good as the Japanese Top League, which is the most entertaining rugby competition, featuring so many stars and talented young Japanese players. Many games are available on YouTube. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Mm. Lots of people giving lots of love for, for Jamie Roberts.
1: Yeah, fair play to him.
0: One for his doctoring, and two for taking the piss when live tweeting the replays of Wales games that are being redone.
1: Yeah, two for you can. It's just what a multi-talented individual he is.
0: Pyphase gets in touch and says that shit was Shane's 2005 haircut because that game was on on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, we, we've talked at great length about the hybrid mullet, <laughs> and it was very big at that time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. speaking of things that shouldn't, like, the, I know that game was 15 years ago, but watching that game back on the weekend, uh, there's a bit where Paul O'Connell has Michael Owen on the ground on top of him and punches him five times directly <laughs> in the side of the I head. I didn't watch that exactly, if I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. um, and the ref doesn't even give him a yellow card. And he's literally on top of him with um, just battering basically beating fuck out of him and the refs just like calm down lads nowadays that would be instant red cards and Paul O'Connell would lucky be lucky to see a rugby field before the end of the season if that happened in the Six Nations
0: Pieface makes a point here to the ref, that Chris White who was reffing that day ended that bollocking with nothing was seen by us if you know what I'm saying <laughs> I'll just choose to ignore it. I'm sorry, have you got a TMO? I think you have. Because <laughs> <laughs> the cameras saw a lot. Uh what else have we got here? Is it Elliot F says very good is the con- is the constant replays of teams beating Saracens on BT Sport. <laughs> they do keep playing classic <laughs> matches, the <that> Saracens <laughs> are losing, which seems
1: not very uh I mean, yeah, it's was- that's continuing the theme of this season, really, isn't it? Which is basically just making life miserable for Saracens.
0: Bruce McConaughey gets in touch. He watched The Brighton Miracle, and here's what his take on it was. Oh. One, the movie is only two minutes longer than the game. Two, the actor playing Leech is too short. Well, I couldn't get oh, past his ears. So, uh, Three, the really weird format. Oh, yes. Four, oh, it has a training montage. It has numerous montages. It has
1: numerous ones.
0: Uh, five thank god they use real game footage albeit the shit game footage of you said six he said it grows on you <laughs> <laughs> Um, he says and also I don't understand the weird Hollyoaks-esque test me- text message buzz bubbles yes you and us both. That's all they're
1: like. That is what they're like.
0: Oh, God. The last time I watched Hollyoaks, Jambo was in it. That's how long ago it was when I watched
1: <laughs> uh, it. Yeah, well, the last time I watched Hollyoaks was whenever I finished university because I sure as shit haven't turned it on since. But, you know, when you're, when you're in a student, you've got to watch something with tea, haven't you?
0: What else have we got here? Yeah, Elaine Jones says, good was Jamie Roberts trolling his teammates and other players on the live Facebook watch-along of Wales-England for 2013 she says, my personal fave was Richard Hibbert's nickname of Fatrick Swayze.
1: Fatrick Swayze. Every, every time you hear it, it's, it's great. It
0: it's one of the best sporting it. nicknames. Fatrick Swayze. That's why the English language is so wonderful, <laughs> is that it can do things <laughs> like that. Uh, and what else have we got here? I think we're probably coming to an end, aren't we? He said, Tom Griffith says, good is yeah. the classic match has been shown on BT Sport. Um, and he says, and shit, I don't have Sky, so I can't watch the Lions. Yeah, I dumped Sky mm. when they had no rugby anymore and I wasn't watching Same. football anything like enough to justify it or cricket. Reese Not Finally says, good was how warm it was yesterday, which was Sunday, and shit is how very unwarm it is today. Well, I went out to the supermarket today and it was queuing outside Aldi, you know, the old two metres apart queue. Fucking and I shit, thought, well, I'll shit, wait man. here. I had a jumper on and jeans and it was sunny but I thought I'd go out in this. Anyway, I'm stood there. The wind is fucking freezing.
1: Unbelievably, yeah. Fucking I was, freezing. I was very nearly going to go out in just a t-shirt and think and because I was like, oh, it's nice and sunny out there and I stepped outside and felt the wind. And was well, there like, nope. was ooh, a woman ooh, behind ooh, me
0: ooh. in the queue who was vest top and flip flops and three quarter <sighs> length jeans and it was, and, to be honest, I actually did say to her, do you want to go ahead of me because I've got a jumper on, it's freezing. She was very- <laughs> Well, yeah, so, yeah, a number of people made that mistake today, I think. Oh, look how lovely a day it is. I'll just nip out. Jesus Christ no. almighty. Yeah.
1: There's no nipping out anymore, is there? That is my, my, my take on all this. Well,
0: you have to nip out once a day and no more.
1: Yeah, and if you're nipping out to the shops, just give up your afternoon.
0: I've got my son doing gardening and my daughter's doing other stuff. They're not happy about it. <laughs> I don't happy oh. about it at all. To be fair, it's fucking tough. From my daughter's supposed to do GCSEs this year, so I mean, I know she'll get exams without doing exams. You know what I mean? But it's still pretty discombobulating for them.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, especially if you know, particularly at that age when your social life is everything. To suddenly not have access to that for you know three months or whatever the fuck it's going to be is shit. It's fine to me. I haven't got a social life. This is as close as I get to one. So, so
0: wife said to me today? Do you want to go out for a walk with the dog? I said no. No, I don't actually. I'm quite <laughs> happy sitting in. I'm going to watch Star Wars. <laughs> Are
1: you saying I can sit on my own for an hour? <laughs> Sounds fantastic.
0: Right, that's us. I think. How the hell Indeed. have we managed to make that last over an hour and a half? Oh, okay, God yeah. knows. Right. Let us. Let us yeah. depart your lives once again. Indeed, we'll be back again next week, um, no doubt, when we'll do something else. Yeah, why not? Everyone's doing classic matches now, so I suppose we'd yeah. like your I thoughts we... on whether you want us to do them, because you know, I think we've I'm done them before. More... And...
1: I'm having more fun doing things that aren't classic matches yeah. like this. I mean, it's easier to be fu- to talk stupidly about things that are awful. <laughs> to be blunt,
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, it is, as we've discovered Yeah, with many things. Anyway, thanks, Josh. Thanks, everybody. We'll speak to you all cool. soon. Take oh, care.
1: Bye-bye. Take care. Some days the couch just calls to us. Take a seat. Grab the remote. My cushions are extra cosy today. And while we all want to get off
0: the couch to set a healthier routine, not knowing how to start can feel overwhelming. Healthy Ireland is a trusted source for easy-to-follow tips and advice, like getting a friend involved with your healthy habits so they'll be able to motivate you on those tougher days. Search Healthy Ireland and get set for life this winter. From Healthy Ireland, a Government of Ireland initiative supporting health and well-being for everyone and helping us off our couches. Sports Social Podcast Network.